Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. We were in the story of Elijah. We were in 1 Kings chapter 18. Let me give you just a quick summary. In 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah had left Israel for a little while and God had provided for him by sending some ravens to him with some food. Elijah then had this experience with this widow where uh, God provided for her and then she provided food for Elijah. And then from that experience, Uh, He he then brought her son back to life and God moved through him in a powerful way. And so God is setting up Elijah to go back to Israel. He'd been gone for three years. And in 1 Kings 18, he returns to confront King Ahab because Ahab had turned Israel away from God and they had started serving and following false gods. He had turned them away. And because of this, there was a drought in the land, which led to a famine in the land. And Elijah comes back to confront Ahab and to confront the false prophets of Baal. And he has this little showdown. And Elijah says, hey, it's going to be me, one prophet versus 450 prophets. Here's what you guys get to do. You guys get to get a bull, put it up on a, put it up on an altar and ask for your gods to send down fire. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a bull. I'm going to place on an altar. I'm going to ask for the true God to send down fire. And so these guys, they get around, they start chanting, hoping that their gods would eventually send some fire. And Elijah starts trash talking. If you remember that from last week and nothing happens, no fire comes. So then Elijah goes over to his altar. He pours water on it like three times asks for God to send down fire. Boom, fire comes down and Israel turns back to God and says, the Lord is the true God. The Lord is the true God. They start celebrating God. Elijah then actually takes these prophets and kills them. We didn't cover that last week. He takes them, he kills them. And then Elijah starts celebrating in victory. Ahab, King Ahab is really upset because he doesn't like Elijah very much. And this is where we're gonna pick up this week. Elijah's in this place of victory and he's moving towards the place of victory. First Kings chapter 18, verses 45 and 46 says, meanwhile, the sky was covered with dark clouds, the wind blew, and there was a heavy rainstorm. So there had been a drought, which led to famine. And now the rain had come because Israel had turned back to God. So there's this rainstorm. Ahab rode toward Jezreel. Now the Lord energized Elijah with power. He tucked his robe into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. So so Elijah, he's at a peak moment. He just had an awesome experience in his life and his ministry. He is filled with energy. God moved in a miraculous and powerful way. This is a beautiful moment. Elijah's at the peak. He's at the top. And now something bad is about to happen. Have you been here before? You felt like you're at a peak moment. Things are going really well. And then you get a phone call. Something comes up. Something happens that you didn't realize was happening. You're, how did all this happen? I was up at this top moment. And then something happens and it brings you from this peak moment all the way down. And this is what happens to Elijah here. Ahab gets in touch with his wife Jezebel and lets her know about everything that happened. And Jezebel was famous for killing prophets. And Jezebel issues a death threat towards Elijah. Look at this in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 2. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah with this warning. May the gods judge me severely if by this time tomorrow I do not take your life as you did theirs. So she issues a death threat. I'm coming for you, Elijah. This is over. I'm going to kill you. And it's in this moment where we see Elijah go from a peak, wonderful moment to, in a sense, being discouraged depressed, drained. And that leads us to the title of today's message if you're taking notes. The title is, I've Had Enough. 
I've had enough. I wonder how many of you this past week either thought this or said this or thought or said something like this. I've had enough. This feeling of I've had enough, it can be an entire season of life. It feels like you're just getting beat down one day after another. And you think, oh my goodness, I've just had enough. I can't take it anymore. But this feeling of I've had enough can also be something that's kind of small, but it comes out of nowhere and you're in a really good spot. But then all of a sudden, I've, I've had enough. Just a couple weeks ago, I was on vacation with Kim. Fantastic, unbelievable, wonderful vacation. But then as soon as we get to the airport and our flight is delayed, the first thing I think to myself is, I've had enough. The entire vacation was wonderful, but one delay in the flight, I've had it. I can't take this anymore. This is ridiculous. We were, we were in Arizona at one point visiting uh, Kim's twin, Beth, and we, we rented a car and we were driving it to California and the car had something wrong with it and we're in the middle of the interstate and I'm thinking, I've had enough. This entire vacation, all of it's wonderful. Everything's been amazing. I'm enjoying time with Kim. It's incredible. But now this is it. I can't take it anymore. This one thing went bad and I can't take it anymore. Have you been there before? Everything's going great, but then one bad thing slips up. It's just like, I, I can't do it. I can't take it. Some of you are thinking, Scott, you're just weak. Well, maybe I am, but some things just bother me. I can get 20 compliments after a sermon, but if one person comes up to me and it has like something really negative or bad to say, even if it's bad information or whatever, I could think, my goodness, am I doing the right thing? I put all this work into these messages. Maybe I've just had enough. Maybe I just shouldn't be doing this. I just don't know. I've just had enough. I'm drained. Some of you have been feeling this way. Maybe things were going really, really well with your spouse and then you had a difficult season and you addressed that difficult season and then things, things started going better again and then one thing came up that felt like the last season and you're like, you know what, I've, just, I've had enough. I can't take this. Maybe, maybe you're a parent and you've been raising kids and, and you love the kids, but then some, they've been getting in trouble lately. They've been a little difficult lately. And you're like, I can't do this. I've, I've just had enough. Maybe at work, things, things were a little difficult. You were having a hard time and you thought, you know what? I'm finally going to do the right thing. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to address some things. It's going to get out there and you speak up and address some things and things go really well. And it seems like things are actually starting to get better. But then some old behaviors in the workplace start coming up again or your boss starts micromanaging you again and you think, I've, I've had enough. For those of you college students, you're getting close to finals and you're thinking, I've had enough. I don't feel bad for you. You signed up for this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, I've had enough. Sometimes this happens. It could be in friendships, relationships. It could be a season or it could just be a moment that brings you to the edge and you think, I've had enough. And this is where we find Elijah. 1 Kings 17, 1 Kings 18. Everything is good. Everything's incredible. It's all great. God is moving in and through Elijah's life. Then he gets this death threat and look at where he's at in his headspace in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses three through four. Elijah was afraid. So he got up and fled for his life to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he went a day's journey into the wilderness. He went and sat down under a shrub and asked the Lord to take his life. He said this, I've had enough. Now, O Lord, take my life. After all, I'm no better than my ancestors. He had this one moment 
this, this one dark place. And he said, I've had it. I can't take it anymore. As we read through 1 Kings 19, there are three different times when Elijah calls out to God. That's the first one. He calls out to God. And then right after that, we see a restoration process start to happen in Elijah's life. And I want to quickly take you through three steps towards restoration when you've been in this place of I've had enough. Well, there's actually four steps. The first one I'm not going to put on the screen. This one's just obvious because we're in church, but I'll let you know. This is the one that won't be on the screen. The first thing to do when you've had enough is call out to God. Call out to God. Have some time with God. Pray to God. Let him know what's going on. And he will begin to do a work within your life. This is what we see with Elijah. Even in his lowest and darkest moment when he said, Lord, take my life, he's talking to God. That's the best place to start every single time. Start talking to God. And then we start to see a restoration process come into play for Elijah. And this is the first thing that happens. This is the first thing that some of us need to do when we feel like the weight of the world is on us or we just feel like, I don't know what to do right now. I'm just really frustrated. Here's the first thing. Some of you are going to love this point. Take a nap. Take a nap. Some of you, your problem is, is you're just not getting enough sleep. And some of you are in a spot where you're like, I don't know where I'm going to find sleep. But some of you are in a spot where you're staying up till 2 a.m., And you could have went to bed at 11 p.m. And you know you could have went to bed at 11 p.m. But you just wanted to stay up until 2 a.m. Because of the fear of missing out. What if I miss something? And then you're miserable all day the next day. And then you start feeling like I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. And you just need to take a nap. It's in the words of Jerry Seinfeld. Excuse this, but he said, night guy will always screw morning guy. Night guy will always tell you, oh yeah, I can take more. I can do more. Let's stay up late. Then morning guy will go, that night guy, how could he do that to me? I can't get up. I can't get out of bed in the morning. Night guy, night guy will always try to convince you, oh, you can stay up a little bit longer. No, you can't. You need to go to bed sometimes. And then sometimes in the middle of the day, you might need to take a nap. Or after work, you might need to take a nap. Or after class, you might need to take a nap. And this is what happens for Elijah. He stretched out and fell asleep under the shrub. 1 Kings 19, verse 5. He fell asleep under the shrub. That'll be up on the screen in just a moment. Elijah went to sleep. He, this, is the, this is after he called out to God. He takes a nap. He falls asleep. I know when I'm most frustrated or I'm really bothered or I'm starting to get impatient, Kim will always say to me, Scott, you haven't been getting enough sleep. And then I'll say, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I can get up at, I can get up at 5 a.m. and go to bed at 12 or whatever I need to do. I, I'm fine, Kim. I, I'm fine. I don't need that much. Four or five hours is fine. She says, no, it's not fine. You need more sleep. And she's right basically every single time. I need more sleep. Sometimes you need to take a nap. If you're married, maybe let your spouse take a 20, 30-minute nap, and then you go take a 20, 30-minute nap, and you, you flip and you go back and forth. But sometimes you just need some more sleep. And we've convinced ourselves that we just need to keep running and running and running and going and going and going. But the reason there's so much pressure, because you're not thinking straight because you're exhausted. Take a nap. Secondly, eat something and then sleep some more. Eat something and then sleep some more. This is a part of Elijah's restoration process. As he, starts, as he starts going back, as he starts restoring back to who God has called him to be, eat something and then sleep some more. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 5 and 6 said, Suddenly, an angelic messenger 
touched him and said, get up and eat. This is, from, this is a messenger from God to Elijah who's telling him to get up and eat. Get up and eat. He looked, and right there by his head was a cake baking on hot coals and a jug of water. He ate and drank and then slept some more. He got up and he just said, hey, here's a cake. <laughs> it's okay every once in a while to have a little bit of, maybe a little bit of comfort food or something. Now, now I'm not saying to be a glutton. That's like the one sin we never talk about in church. We don't want to be gluttonous, okay? I'm not saying, oh, I need to have three bowls of ice cream every single day. No, no, that's, that's not what we're saying. But you know what? Every, every Sunday evening, I have some ice cream. I enjoy ice cream. It's good for me. It helps me relax a little bit, but I'm not eating it every single day. But it's okay every once in a while I say, you know what? I need a little bit of something. I need a little bit of comfort right now. God provided this, and so I, I, I need to eat some more. And then, then Elijah went back to sleep. He went back to sleep. He ate, and then he slept some more. Maybe you need some food. So take a nap. Eat. And then, and then and sleep some more. And then after this, after he slept, eat again and start moving again. Eat again and start moving again. We never, sometimes what happens is, is we get to this spot of burnout or I've had enough and then we're able to disconnect and we start kind of getting lazy. If we're all to be honest, we start, you know, eating and sleeping and, you know, just giving 50% at work and, you know, doing, just kind of coasting by. And then you start to feel weird too. You start to feel like, why do I still feel tired? Because you're, you're not producing, you're not doing something. And we are actually designed with purpose. We are designed to do something. God made us as his image bearers with people who, as people who have responsibility. And he wants us to work, to serve, to participate, to be involved. So we don't want to just get stuck in a cycle of laziness. Yeah, I eat and sleep and eat and sleep and eat and sleep and eat and sleep. Because that's not healthy either. The angel, Elijah gets a mandate from God to start moving again after he's sleeping. Look at this in 1 Kings 19, verses 7 and 8. Uh, back to that up on the screen. 1 Kings, eat again and start moving. 1 Kings 19, 7 and 8. The angel of the Lord came back again, touched him and said, get up and eat, for otherwise you won't be able to make the journey. So he got up and ate and drank. That meal gave him the strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb. Horeb is the same as Mount Sinai where Moses interacted with God. 40 days and 40 nights to get to the mountain of God. Elijah slept, he got some food, he slept again, and then he started moving again. He started moving towards God again. Let me give you, this, this is a way to summarize those three points. I'm going to go through these really quickly, but these are the three S's for I've had enoughism. All right, the three S's for I've had enoughism. If you've gotten to the point of I've had enough, if I've had enough, here are the three S's that God provided for Elijah for I've had enoughism. The first one is sleep. Get some sleep. Make sure you're sleeping the best you can. I know some of us have newborns and that's difficult. I have one on the way and people are telling me it's going to be tough. Sometimes you go through these seasons, but get sleep the best you can. Three S's for I've had enoughism. Secondly, sustenance. If you're able, get some food. And then third, steps. Start moving again. Start doing something again. We talk about this all the time at New Story Church, that Jesus has established his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and as kingdom citizens, we are to engage with his kingdom work, which means he's given you something to do through your gifts and talents and abilities. And as we work together as the church, there are steps forward for us to take. We have something to do. Sometimes we have to get to a restoration process, but once we've gone through that process, it's time to start moving again. 
It's time to start doing something again. Amen. Someone's excited about that. Saw a little clap over here. It's time to start moving again. Start doing something. Start getting engaged with what God has called us and asked us to do. So Elijah gets to, the, gets to where he's looking to go. He gets to the mountain of God, gets to this cave. And uh, an earthquake and wind and fire all come. And God's not in any of those things. He knows he's going to interact with God. There's going to be a sign from God. And God's not in the earthquake. He's, he's not in the wind. He's, he's not in the fire. And I think what's interesting about that to me is Elijah was somebody who was so used to God moving in these big, miraculous ways. He sent fire from heaven in 1 Kings 18 and 1 Kings 17. God moved through him to bring a boy back to life. Elijah's used to, to, to the noise. He's used to something big happening. He's used to, you know, and so I think he was probably expecting God to move through the wind or the earthquake or the fire. He was probably expecting something big and loud like that. Much like you and I are oftentimes, we're expecting God to do something like, just give me a sign or do something loud or do something awesome because we're so used to sound and we're so used to things on our phone all the time and, and, and something's always happening. Something's always moving. Somebody's always doing something. And so we expect, oh, that's how God's going to move as well. It's going to be loud. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be pow, what, whatever. And, and that's not always how it works. And that's not how it works for Elijah. Sometimes God speaks to us in very unexpected ways. And I think it's because he wants us to be still. He wants us to be able to hear and to recognize his voice and recognize that it's not just a voice that always moves in the miraculous, but it's a voice that is relatable. It's a voice that at times can be simple. Remember, Jesus became fully human to connect with humanity. And so there are, there are times when his voice is just, it's not this big, loud, crazy thing, but it's just simple and it's close God doesn't show up in the wind or the earthquake or the fire, but look at how he speaks to Elijah. After the fire, there was a soft whisper. And God spoke to Elijah via a whisper. Elijah had to be listening closely. I think for some of us, we've get to this spot of I've had enoughism, and it's because we haven't created space to hear from God. We haven't been creating moments to listen to his voice. We've been listening to so many other voices or reading so many other voices or talking with so many other, but when was the last time you created space to just listen to God? Even if you just started with a short three or five minutes, God, I'm just going to sit in silence and I'm asking you to speak to me. God, I want to know your voice, whether it's within your soul or your heart or your mind. I want to ask you this question. How have you been creating space to hear God's voice? How have I been creating space to hear God's voice? How are we creating space to listen and respond to him? Just a few moments, Joy's going to sing a song over us and it's not going to be a traditional type of worship song because there's, there's more to the message, but... It's a song that I think we all need to hear, and I want to give all of you space to have a moment to listen to God this morning. I want that you just have space just in the next few minutes to just, in your prayer time with God, say, God, how might you be speaking to me? God, what is it that you're trying to say into my life? God, are there things that you've been trying to say to me that I've been ignoring? 
or maybe you've just been burned out or drained to the spot where Elijah was and you just need to listen to God as he gives you a word of encouragement this morning because we believe that God is active and he is speaking. So in this moment, as, as Joy's gonna sing this song in, in just a second here, I would ask, don't, don't take out your phone. If, if you can, try to stay at your seat. Don't, if some of you wanna stand up and worship, that's great too, but stay at your seat. Have this moment with God. Maybe open up the scriptures if you need to, but don't have your phone out. Don't be chatting in conversation and just create, have this space as we're trying to create some space for you to hear from God and listen to his voice. If you would please join me in prayer for just a moment here. Jesus, I pray that this moment would be a special moment, that it would be a sacred moment that you drew close to Elijah through a whisper. But now for us as the church, as those who've professed faith in you, Jesus, Ephesians 1 tells us that we are then sealed with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians tells us that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit lives and dwells within us. So I pray in this time that we would not resist your spirit, but that we would listen to your spirit speaking to us. And then I pray for those here today who feel like I've just had enough. I can't take it. It's the same cycle. It's the same thing over. I, I, can't. I pray that they would feel your encouraging and peaceful and comforting presence in a way that they've never felt it before, Lord. And I pray that you would speak to every person in here and that we would draw closer to you. In your name I pray. Amen.
to all of us this morning that when we go through those those really hard times and maybe you're in one of those times this morning and just as we're saying I've had enough I've had enough and no one has ever cared for us like Jesus he he went and gave his life and, and sacrificed his life on a cross and then came back from the grave resurrected and but went through all of that went through rejection from his friends, went through rejection from his loved ones closest to him, was beaten and battered and bruised, and went through all of that out of his love for you so that you could be restored to knowing him, so that we could be restored to knowing him, so that we would not have to live enslaved to sin or to a lesser life, but so that we could become a new creation like Christ and nobody has cared for us like him. And in those moments of I've had enough, he desires to draw close to us and speak to us just as God draws close to Elijah in this moment and speaks to him. And he speaks to him through a whisper. And life can be difficult. Life can be complicated. We start thinking, oh my goodness. And when we look at 1 Kings 19, the three times that Elijah calls out to God, he basically says the same thing each time. He says, God, I've had enough. Take my life. I just can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't know if I can keep going on. And, and what I love about the next part of this story is that Elijah lets God know, I've had enough. I can't keep going. I can't do this. Have you, have you been there before where not only have you had enough, but then you've done so much almost kind of like complaining from having enough that you think, not only have I had enough, but I've done so much complaining that God would probably never want to use someone like me. 
because you know what I, I've I've just you know I've I've really you know been disrespectful here. I've been you know a little bit. I've I've just been very negative right now. And I wonder if that started getting into Elijah's head a little bit because the third time that Elijah says after God drew close to him through a whisper, Elijah then says to him, God, I've just I can't do this anymore. I've been loyal to you, and and God listens to Elijah, but then doesn't really respond to Elijah's grievances. He just gives him something to do, basically letting him know, hey, I'm here for you. I will speak to you. I will restore you, but I've also placed something within you and I have something for you to do. And I believe he wants us all to hear that as well, that he still has something for you to do. First Kings 19 verses 15 through 16, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and then head for the wilderness of Damascus. Go and anoint Hazael king over Syria. You must anoint Jehu of Nimshi king over Israel and Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel to take your place as prophets. You have to go anoint Elisha, you have to go anoint Jehu. God says, Elijah, I have something for you to do. And he also said to him, hey, for you to go do these things, you're gonna have to go back the way you came. You're gonna have to go back on that path. You're gonna have to go back the way you came. You see, the path that was formed by fear will become a path that is formed by faith. Amen? It's okay to say amen sometimes in things or clap like Emma did earlier. It's, it's, it's good to be alive and active in church. It's okay to do that. He said the path that was formed by fear will become a path that will be formed by faith. Go back the way you came because our God is obsessed with taking dead things and bringing them back to life. He's obsessed with taking things that seem like nothing but darkness and despair and bringing light and life and hope. It's what he does every single time. Amen. And so Elijah starts going back on this path and God starts restoring his purpose to him. He says, you have something to do. And there's this amazing passage in 1 Kings 19, as we keep reading, where Elijah interacts with Elisha, the prophet who's coming after him. And look at what Elijah does here. Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen. He was near the 12th pair. Elijah passed by him and threw his robe over him. I believe this is, this is a physical sign, this is a physical, that Elijah still had something left to give. Because as you continue to read 1 Kings 19, Elisha leaves his old life behind and he starts following Elijah and Elijah starts investing in him and mentoring him and pouring into him. But we also see him give him his robe. There's still something left to give. So what happens when you get to these moments of despair, you think, oh, I don't have anything left to give. Oh, I'm just, you know, I've given all I can. There's nothing. And God is saying, no, no, no. I've placed my Holy Spirit within you as my kingdom citizen and there's still something to give. He still has something in store for you. God has given you something to give to someone else. Amen. Amen. And God wasn't, God wasn't done with Elijah. Elijah, oh, I'm done. I've uh, done. Just take my, and God says, no, no, no. There's still something for you to give. Go anoint the king. Go anoint Elisha. Give him your rope. There's still something for you to give. God has something for you to give. Here's a little rhyme for you. If you are still living, then you must have something that you can be giving. 
If you are still living, then you must have something that you can be giving. And this doesn't just have to be financially. It could be wisdom. It could Because sometimes they think, oh, church talking about money all the time. Well, we do talk about money sometimes, but we have to keep the lights on. But if you're still living, there's something for you to be giving. It could be wisdom from life experience. It could be a mentorship. It could, I don't know what it looks like for you. It could be a gift or a talent or ability. But if you're still living, there's something for you to be giving. And if we have the heart of a servant, as Christ talks about in Mark 10, 45, He did not come to be served, but to serve and to serve others. There's something for you to be giving. If you're still living, there's something for you to be giving. I've had enough. I've had enough. Yes, go through the process. Sleep, sustenance, and then start taking steps forward because there's something for you to be giving. Listen for God and receive your assignment from God. Listen for him and then receive your assignment from him. He has something for you, and that speaks to your purpose. It speaks to how he's designed you. It speaks to who he has designed you to become. And we can do this individually, but we can also do this together collectively as his church. In fact, we are called to do this together as his church. I wrap this up today. I want to give you three ways and I've given you a lot of threes today. I give you three points, I give you three S's. Now I'm going to give you three ways. These ones won't be on the screen though. Three ways that you can continue to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing. And I want to join him in whatever it is that he is doing because I'm living, so I got something I can be giving. We're going to keep moving forward. There's an assignment from God for you and for all of us. The first way is this. This one is, is more general. Start having daily conversations with God and, God, and saying, God, what do you want me to be doing? Who do you want me to become? Ask him these questions. God, where have I been saying no to you? And I need to start saying yes to you. God, where have I been saying no? And I need to start saying yes. God, who have you called me to serve? God, who have you called me to love as you have loved me? God, who are you asking me to maybe say something to? Who are, God, God what, where have I been saying no to you? I need to start saying yes. God, where have I, being, where have I been being selfish? I need to start being selfless. My conviction is that God is not just moving within the four walls of this church or some other church. God is moving all around the world. We have a kingdom mindset here. And so I believe that God is moving in your workplace. He's moving in your family. He's moving in your schools and your classrooms. God is active and moving everywhere. We just have to ask ourselves, are we going to join him? Are we going to join him where he is moving and bringing about new creation and new life? God, where am I missing out? God, where do you want me to start seeing a kingdom vision that I've just been shutting it off and not seeing it? That's the first one. The next two are directly related to right here at New Story Church, ways that you can keep giving and being involved and and being a part of what God is doing. The, The second one that's directly related to us, we announced this last week, but I want to let everybody know about it, is this Christmas season, we are sponsoring 75 students at Holmes Elementary School. It's an elementary school about a mile and a half away from here. There are a number of students there who can, who, they don't have the resources for Christmas gifts this year. And last year, we, we said, we've never done this before. We talked to a guidance counselor there, and we said, we'll take 25 students. Everyone was so generous, and we said, well, last year they had 75 students, so let's just tell them we're going to take all 75. And so we signed up for 75, and they said, thank you, now we can cover even more students. We've, we've decided to sponsor 75 students at a local elementary school with Christmas gifts, and they know that these gifts are, are coming from New Story Church. They're coming from you and your generosity and you saying yes to God. 
And before I went on stage, I got a message from Rafi, our outreach guy who was overseeing this. He said, we only have 27 students left. (laughs) Only 27 left. That's because of you and your generosity. All the gifts are going to be due back on Sunday, December 11th. Sunday, December 11th. So if you can remember that and try not to bring them, if you have to bring them early, that's okay, but try not to because we're portable. So it's like moving everything around, but bring them Sunday, December 11th and we'll have Holmes Elementary. They'll come pick them up, but that's a way for us to love and serve our community and write a new story in our community. That's another way, very practical way that you can start giving and being involved in what God is doing. And then the last one, it it is a financial piece. As we, as we started New Story Church, we decided that every year in November and December, we are going to do something called our Say Yes to God giving season. If you are not a part of New Story or do not consider New Story your home, you do not have to participate in this. But if you're feeling really led to participate, you watch online, I'd love to participate. You're more than welcome to, but you do not have to. I do not want you to feel that pressure. Also, I say this every year. But if you're here and, and you're like struggling with a lot of credit card debt or something like that, we would rather you get to a spot where you're having, where you're able to get out of that and be good stewards of your resources to the best of your abilities, as opposed to, I'm just going to keep racking it up on the credit card. No, no, no. We, we don't ask for, for, we're not, we're not like that here. We're not, oh, just give us whatever. No, we want you to be at a spot where you can be where, where God wants you to be and you can be restored there. And so if you're at a spot where you're like, it, it, I don't think I can do it. Okay. Just have a conversation with God and start working towards a a path of financial stability. We don't ever want to feel like we're twisting arms. This is for those who, hey, new stories, your home, you're very involved here, and and you're saying, I want to go above and beyond in generosity. It's a challenge. It's a faith challenge that we do here. So two years ago, first year we did say yes to God, our goal was to raise $20,000 above and beyond. And God provided and everyone, people said yes. And we jumped in and God provided and we raised a little over $20,000 and we gave away 10% of what we brought in. Last year, our goal was to raise $30,000 and we gave away 10% of what we brought in and God provided. This year, our goal, we bumped it up from $30,000 to $35,000. That's our goal for our Say Yes to God season. So if you give, it's a little bit of above and beyond. It's an extra gift. And, and it's a 35, our goal is $35,000. Say yes to God giving season starts today. It's going to end on Sunday, December 18th. But here's the really cool part. Because you've been so generous and because God has been so good to us as a church, this year, instead of giving away 10% of whatever it is we bring in, we're going to give away 25% of whatever it is we bring in from that $35,000. Yeah, amen. So whatever it is we bring in, we're gonna give away 25%. And we're gonna split that 25% between eight days Days of Hope, which is one of our main partners. A lot of you know about them. A lot of you have served with them. They are loving and serving those in need right here in Buffalo and across the country. In fact, they're going to be in Louisiana in December. I'm going to go down for a few days. You should go down for a few days. They're, they're disaster relief, restoring communities like they do here in Buffalo. They have a whole ministry where they're building safe houses for girls who've been rescued from sex trafficking. And so we want to continue to support the gospel work that they're doing as they are loving and serving those in need here in Buffalo. Buffalo every July, but also across the country. So part of the money is going to go to that, part of the 25%. And then the other half of the 25% is going to go to a church called Garden Church, which is a few miles from us in the city of Buffalo on, on uh, up on Delaware Avenue, close to Hurdle Ave. And some of you might be saying, okay, you're a church. Why are you giving to another church? Well, because we don't view other churches as our competitors. We recognize that we're in this as, on a kingdom mission together. Also, they're a new church. And when we got started as New Story just a couple years ago, there were churches that supported us. So we want to give back with what God has given us. 
And they're doing church in a very different way. They have a community garden on their church property. They had an opportunity to build a parking lot. They said, no, we're not going to build a parking lot. We're actually going to put a community garden here. And people in need who cannot afford fruits and vegetables can go and get fruits and vegetables for free in the city of Buffalo because of Garden Church. They have a whole place there now. They have an addictions ministry they're running. They have a lot of resources they need for the type of ministry that they're doing because it's like on the ground, difficult ministry with the addictions ministry, with the vegetables. They have so many other things that they're doing as well. And with all the resources required, we know that we've been blessed. So we want to provide them with resources as well. And we're going to support Garden Church financially. And we're so thrilled with the work that they're doing. And we're going to show you some photos from them in future weeks as we're in this season. But our goal in this time in our Say Yes to God season is to raise $35,000, give away 25% of it to Eight Days of Hope and to Garden Church. And for the 75% that stays at New Story Church, here's what we're doing. We're using some of that to continue to build out some of the things that we're doing. We've been able to expand some of our things. We're going to have to get some new pipe and drape because of some curtain things. This past year, we had to expand our children's space. So now we're leasing another room. So our our costs went up for that. Um, We were able recently, this is really cool. We were able to bring on Neil and Aaron part-time. For those of you who know them, they put in a lot of work here at New Story. Uh, So now I'm full-time, Joy's part-time, Neil and Aaron are part-time. And we want to continue to be able to bless people in that way who put in a lot of time and effort here at New Story. So we're really thankful for them and the work that they put in. So we're able to expand our team a little bit. And then also we are saving money. We are saving money because we are currently in a portable space. And one day we would like to be in a more permanent space. We would like to have our own space. Now, I know we're all really excited for that, but just so I'm very, 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 very clear on this, we are not starting a building campaign right now or anything like that. We have not identified a property. We have not identified a space, but we are always looking We are always looking and we do have some money put away and that's going to require a pretty hefty down payment. And so we're saving money for that. So as you give, you're a part of all of these things that we're doing at New Story, part of the ministry that we're doing here and able to provide resources for various things that we're able to do here as a church. So this is an above and beyond gift. And if you want to give to say yes to God, here's how you can do it. If you want to give to say yes to God and be a part of this between November 11th and December 18th, you can give at newstorybuffalo.com. Click the giving link. It'll take you another link that says give online. And then there's a drop down arrow that says say yes to God. Make sure you click that one and let us know that that's what you're giving to so that we can count. Hey, are we going to reach our goal? Or you can send a check. If you're watching online, you can send a check to 3200 Elmwood Avenue and write on the check, say yes to God. And that's what this is going to be a part of. And we're going to, we're believing that God's going to bring his church together and he's going to provide like he has in the past. And we're going to keep moving forward and be able to bless our community and be able to generously give above and beyond. And here's what I always say too. If you're like, I think I want to give to say this to God. I'm not sure. I'm go home and pray about it. Go home and pray about it. You don't have to, I don't have to give the, no, you don't have to give today. You have a whole month to think about this because it ends December 18th. I want you to pray about it and see where God is leading you. But for those of you who feel like I've had enough, call out to God seek restoration from him, get the sleep, the sustenance, and start taking steps forward into the purpose that God has for you. We are here to say yes to him. And if you are still living, then there is something that you can be giving.